Oh, and also, um, it's coming up this week. Um, we'll be also. I'll be reading from Psalm, Psalm 142, the entire Psalm. I cry aloud with my voice to the Lord. I make supplication with my voice to the Lord. I, I, I pour out my complaint before him. I declare my trouble before him. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, you knew my path. In the way where I walk, they have hidden a trap for me. Look to the right and see, for there is no one who regards me. There is no escape for me. No one cares for my soul. I cried out to the Lord. I cried out to you, O Lord. I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Give heed to my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring my soul out of prison, so that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me, for you will deal bountifully with me. So as I was trying to um, really listen to God this week and finding a special for Sunday, um, there was a song that I was going to do um, that just kind of like helped me through a tough time. And the um, the chorus is because um, I've grown up and gotten stronger, but my problems got bigger too. As days go by, I'm brought to realize that I'll never stop needing you. So I bend my head, and I say my prayers, and I'm asking you for strength. I can't make it on my own. There ain't no way. And I was going to do that one, but I decided to do a worship song, um, because I like to worship with you guys. (laughs) So um, if you know this song, please join. It's good grace. Heaven. 
Grab your Bibles, and uh, if you're a note taker, your study sheets. We uh, come back today to our series that we're uh, doing. Uh, last week we had our Mission Sunday, and uh, so now we come back to our series that's called Lies Christians Believe. It's a six part series. Uh, there are certain things that are not true, but for some reason, They sound so good to us 
that over time, hearing them enough, uh, even we Christians uh, start believing them. And um, that can be dangerous because we find ourselves, as good as they sound, believing things that aren't in Scripture, that aren't taught uh, by God. And so each week uh, of the six weeks, we're looking at a specific example of this, uh, specific lies. And so we've talked about a lie uh, concerning our heart, the lie that says, follow your heart. Let your heart be your guide. Let your heart determine the direction of your life. That is not biblical. We are never instructed as Christians to follow our heart. And we looked at the reasons. We are instructed to follow God, follow his word, follow his spirit, not our heart. The second lie that we talked about was a lie about happiness. And the lie is this, that your happiness is the ultimate goal of your life. And because of that, you need to be pursuing happiness. The Bible never teaches that. Sounds good. And even we as Christians sometimes come to believe that and uh, follow that lie. The Bible says we are to pursue God. We are to pursue holiness. We are to pursue peace. We are to pursue Christ-likeness. We are to pursue the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It never says pursue happiness. So today we're going to look at a third lie that Christians believe. And this is the lie. God won't give us more than we can handle. God won't give us more than we can handle. Sounds believable, doesn't it? It sounds really good. And some of you believe it. It's a lie. It's not taught in Scripture. So we're going to talk about that. And maybe at this point you're very uncomfortable. Because you're a person who thought that was in Scripture, and you have believed it. Well, hopefully this will be helpful for you today. Let's pray first. Our Father, guide us as we go into this time together. Father, we want to be people of truth, people of your word. We know, Lord, there are voices all around us. We all experience it every week that are saying things, and some of them say so good, seem so good, and they sound so believable, and we just accept them. Uh, Father, I I pray that again today you would just um, place in our hearts the truth, place in our minds what you say about this subject. In Jesus' name, amen. I read a book this week, a whole book in one day, sitting by the shores of Lake Superior. The book is uh, Max Lucado's newest book, and I want to read a paraphrase of some of his thoughts that I saw in this book. Seasons of struggle are often overwhelming times. They can be treacherous times. 
If we aren't careful, we can become sitting ducks for despair and defeat. We turn away from others and sometimes even from God, thinking that we should be able to handle whatever comes our way. Then when we found out that we can't handle the struggles, we turn into fearful, angry, even cynical Christian people. We measure the height of the mountains rather than reaching out for the one who made the mountains. We tell God and others how big our storm is instead of telling the storm how big our God is. We find ourselves magnifying the mess rather than magnifying the master. There's a Haitian proverb that's written on your your study sheet. And the proverb goes like this. Beyond mountains, there are mountains. And the Haitians should know this. What they mean by that proverb is that after every set of troubles, there are usually more troubles. We Americans probably say when it rains, it pours. You know, after every mountain, there's a mountain. And uh, most of us know that the Haitians have experienced that throughout their history and still are. Um, The way Jesus put it, (laughs) as recorded in John 16, is in this world, you will have trouble. Right? That was Jesus. In this world, you will have trouble. But, hey, what about... God will never give you more than you can handle. Isn't that true? No, it's not true. Where do we get that belief? Where has that come from? I mean, it sounds good, um, very believable. Where has that come from? Well, one suggestion is that it's based on misreading Scripture, a specific Scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, if you would turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 13. Paul says, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. There's no unique temptation. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out, an escape, so that you can stand up under it. This This idea that God will never give us more than we can handle, I think sometimes comes from this scripture. And it's a misreading and a misunderstanding of this scripture. 
What is the subject of this verse? It's repeated at least three times. What's the subject? You see the word? Temptation. Not troubles, not trials, not sufferings, not afflictions, not pain. Keep listening. It's temptation. And the wonderful truth of this verse is that whenever we're tempted, God will always, we can count on it, provide a way of escape so we can resist that temptation. That's the wonderful truth of that verse. But it's not talking about troubles, trials, sufferings, afflictions, pain, those kinds of things. It's talking about temptation and how God will always provide you a way of escape when temptations come. You can count on that. Now, whether you take it or not, you know, that's up to you and up to me. But that's what the verse is about. But I think people read that, especially the statement, God is faithful, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. We stop there and we say, see, God will never give us anything we can't handle. That's not what it says. It says he will always give you a way of escape when you're tempted so that you can resist. But I think maybe it's a misreading of that verse that has sometimes caused us to come to this Belief that God would never let anything happen to us that we can't handle. Another possibility of where we've gotten this uh, would be what I would call a desirable view of God. You know, a lot of times we create our view of God based on what we would like him to be, right? And we believe that God is a loving God, right? Because he is. We believe God is a good God because he is. We believe that God cares about us because he does. But then we add to that, because those things are true, God would never give us anything or let anything happen to us that we can't handle. A loving God wouldn't do that. A good God wouldn't do that. A caring God wouldn't do that. And so because we have created this desirable God, this desirable view we want to have of God, we've decided that's part of it. He'll never give us more than we can handle. That's a dangerous belief. Like any lie that we would believe, that's dangerous. Let me give you a couple things that make this a dangerous belief. And if you have believed this lie, you probably have experienced one or both of these things. One danger of believing this is that if it is true, if it is true that God will never give us anything we can't handle, then we don't need God. Right? If God never lets anything come into our life that we can't handle, that means we can handle everything that comes into our life. Therefore, We don't need God. That's dangerous. A second danger of this belief, this thinking, is that 
if it is true, if God would never let anything come into our lives that we cannot handle, and then something comes into our life that's really difficult, and we try to handle it on our own, and it's not possible, our conclusion is, because of what we believe, God has not kept his promise. You see, if I believe God has promised never to let anything come into my life that I can't handle, and something comes barreling into my life, and I try my hardest to handle it, and I can't, that must mean God has not kept his promise. He has let something come into my life that I can't handle. And he promised he wouldn't do that. And so I become confused as a Christian. I become disappointed with God as a Christian. I begin to have doubts. Okay, if God didn't keep this promise, what about the other promises? You see the danger of that? So, an important question. It's the third one on your sheet. Does God let his people go through more troubles than they can handle? Okay, if the pastor is saying this is a lie, this is not true, it's not taught in Scripture, that God will never give us more than we can handle, then I must be implying that God will let things come into our lives that we can't handle, that are beyond our ability to handle. Is that true? Would God let things come into my life, his child, the one he loves and cares about? Would he let things come into my life I can't handle? Ask Job that question. You remember Job? Did God love him? God care about him? Turn with me to Job chapter 3. First two chapters of Job, as we know, describe for us the Haitian proverb. After every mountain, there's a mountain. Because the first two chapters of Job describe all these troubles that God allowed to come into Job's life. And they were tragic. They were terrible. And they came in waves. And they got worse and worse. And we cannot deny it when you read the first two chapters it's very clear God is letting this come into Job's life. Now we come to chapter 3. Now at first, Job does a pretty good job of handling what's happening. In fact, we're pretty impressed with him. But like for many of us, 
even if to start with maybe we can handle things pretty well, it starts to wear on us, doesn't it? Keeps piling up. Notice what Job says in chapter 3. Verse 1. After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. He said, may the day of my birth perish. And the night it was said, a boy is born. Verse 11. Job says, why did I not perish at birth and die as I came from the womb? Verse 16. Job says, or why was I not hidden in the ground like a stillborn child? like an infant who never saw the light of day. Verse 20, Job says, Why is light given to those in misery and life to the bitter of soul, to those who long for death that does not come, who search for it more than for hidden treasure? Verse 25, Job says, What I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. Does God ever give us more than we can handle? Ask Job. He wished he had never been born. It was that hard. It was that bad. Well, you can ask other people. Ask David. Ask King David. Um, Psalm 142 that was just read for us. Did you hear and follow along with what David was saying there? He's in a cave. He's hiding from Saul. Saul's army is after him to kill him. His life is run, run, run. The threat of death. And he's sitting in a cave. And this is what he writes. And he talks about his trouble and how his spirit grows faint and how he feels like nobody cares about him. He says, I'm in desperate need, verse 6. He feels like he's in a prison. Ask David, does God ever give his people more than they can handle. Uh, Psalm 55, David again. <clears throat> Verse 4, Psalm 55, 4. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death assail me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. I said, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. I would flee far away and stay in the desert. I would hurry to my place of shelter, far from the tempest and storm. I wish I were a bird. I am so overwhelmed right now. It is so hard. I'd like to just fly away. Ask David, does God ever let things happen to his people that they can't handle? Ask the Apostle Paul. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians, chapter one. Verse 
starting in verse 8, 2 Corinthians 1.8. Paul says, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure. Notice what he said, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. Paul, does God ever give his people more than they can handle? Chapter 12, 2 Corinthians. You're familiar with this one. Um, Paul talks about this great experience he had, some revelations from God that were pretty unique and amazing. But he says in verse 7, to keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Paul says, I had this thing, this thorn in the flesh, whatever it was. It must have been bad. It must have been difficult. So difficult, so overwhelming that Paul prayed three times that God would take it away. Take it away from me. Take it away. Does God give his people more than they can handle? I think if you ask Job, if you ask David, if you ask Paul, if you ask me, if you ask a number of people in this room, the answer is yes. And some of you have come into this place today, and you know the answer is yes. Because you're living in the midst of a trouble. That overwhelms you. It is so heavy. And no matter what you've tried, you can't handle it. You've proven you can't handle it. God has allowed something to come into your life, a trouble, that you can't handle but wait a minute I've always believed God would never do that that's what somebody says but it's not true why that's the last question which is very important why does God let things come into his people's lives that they can't handle. Why would a loving God do that? Why would a good God do that? Why would our Father God do that? Let things come into our life, troubles that we cannot handle. Well, I think there are a number of scriptures that we could go to to kind of get an answer for that. Uh, there's some of them um, on your sheet 
Uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Turn to Him. Could it be that God lets troubles come into our life that we can't handle so that we will trust Him and acknowledge Him and not lean on ourselves? And our ability to handle it? Could that be a reason? What about Psalm 46, the first few verses? The Lord is our refuge, a very present help in the time of trouble. It goes on to describe things that can happen that no way could we handle, but God lets them come. Could it be that he does that because he wants us to realize and acknowledge he's our refuge? He is our present help in the time of trouble. Isaiah 41, 10 and 13. God says to his people through Isaiah, I am with you no matter what you go through, the fire or the water. Whatever you go through, I am with you. And he says, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my right hand. Could that be why God allows his people to go through things they can't handle? So that we would acknowledge his presence, his strength, his help. Let him uphold us. Could it be? Turn back to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I didn't read the whole passage. 2 Corinthians 1. Paul clearly says things have been coming into his life that he can't handle. There at the end of verse 8, he says, We were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life, more than we could handle. Verse 9, indeed, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death. Underline this. Paul says, but this happened. God let things come into my life that I couldn't handle. This happened that we might not rely on ourselves but on God who raises the dead. Paul believed God allowed things to come into his life that he couldn't handle so that he would learn to not rely on himself, but on the God who raised the dead. You ever raised the dead? Of course not. God has. So who's more capable of handling the troubles that come into your life? I would say it's the one who raised the dead. And Paul says that's what we're learning as God allows things to come into our lives that we can't handle. They're beyond us. He said it's so that we would learn not to rely on ourselves. We can't handle it. And that we would rely on the God who can handle it. Because he raises the dead. 
chapter 12. I didn't finish there either. Chapter 12. Paul's been talking about this thorn in the flesh that was so bad, three times he pleaded, he begged God to take it away. It must have been beyond him. There's nothing he could do. So verse 8, he says, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, my inability to handle this situation, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why God let me have this thing I can't handle. He wants me to count on His power and His grace. And verse 10, he says, That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, when I can't handle it, then I'm strong. Because I'm counting on God's grace and God's power. Why does God allow troubles to come into the lives of his people that they can't handle? I'll give you one word to sum it up. Dependency. And at the bottom of your sheet, I encourage you to write it in big capital letters across the bottom. Dependency. We need God. God wants us to need him. It's about dependency, reliance, trust. God could keep things from coming into our life that we can't handle. But he doesn't make that choice. He wants his people to depend on him. To depend on his guidance, to depend on his power, on his strength, on his wisdom, on his grace. He wants us to depend on him, not ourselves. We need him. And that's the way he wants it. So he will allow things. He always has to come into our lives that we can't handle. And that's okay. There's no shame in completely depending on God. Friends, there's no shame in that. Stop thinking you need to be able to handle things on your own. We need God. Dependency is important, and there's no shame in it. We as Americans talk a lot about declarations of independence. We need to start making declarations of dependence. 
When was the last time you declared your dependence on God and stopped trying to handle things on your own? Usually doesn't work, does it? Sometimes it creates a bigger mess than we were in when we started trying to handle it on our own. When are we going to start declaring dependence on God? I think that's why God allows us to go through things that we can't handle. So we will stay dependent. That's where he wants us, to stay dependent. So maybe you're in a place right now in your life, and i tell you what, I've had to declare dependence many times in the last year and a half in many different situations. And in the last year and a half, I have felt like a Haitian. One mountain comes and then comes another. There's always another mountain behind the mountain that's present. It seems like things have just piled on. But that's not God breaking a promise. Because he never made that promise. Right? He never made that promise that he wouldn't allow things to happen we can't handle. He never made that promise. That's not coming from God. Don't believe it. But he lets those things happen so that we will keep declaring dependence. Because that's where he wants us. And as we depend on him totally in these situations, that's when he can start working things in ways we could never work them on our own, right? So, going back to uh, what Lakato said, I think I'll end with that. Whatever the mountain is in your life right now, whatever the, the big thing is that you can't handle on your own, stop measuring the height of the mountain. Start reaching out for the one who made that mountain, who allowed that to come into your life, who is greater than that thing. Reach out to him. Depend on him to help you. Stop telling God and everybody who will listen how big your storm is. Start telling the storm how big your God is. And stop magnifying the mess. That's not going to help. Start magnifying the maker. Your Lord. He wants you to depend on him. That's when he goes to work. Declare dependence. So let's pray. Um, I think that I am going to offer to pray for anyone who finds themselves right now experiencing troubles that you know you cannot handle. You've tried, doesn't work. And uh, and you wanted this morning just in a fresh way, maybe in a way you've never ha- done before, declared your dependence. Your dependence 
on God. Because he's the only one who can handle it on your behalf. So uh, if that's you and you would like to be included in this prayer, uh, I'd like to ask you to stand. Um, There's no shame in being dependent. Father, we're sorry that we grab onto these things that sound so good, that are so believable, and we don't vet them next to your word. And then we experience the dangers of believing those things. Father, you do. You always have allowed things to come into your people's lives that they just can't handle on their own. Father, you've allowed that in my life. You've allowed that in the lives of the people who are standing. And they're overwhelmed. The weight is heavy. It's distressing. It's painful. It goes on and on. Everything they've tried hasn't worked. Thank you, Father, that these brothers and sisters are willing to declare their dependence on you. They need you. They need your help. They need your strength. They need your wisdom. They need your guidance. They need your grace. They need your help. They need you. And that's where you want them. Father, as these brothers and sisters declare their dependence on you in this situation that they're in, Lord, would you just go to work? And would you provide what you do promise, that help and strength and presence and grace and guidance and wisdom? Help them to trust you as they depend on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand and uh, sing a closing song.